Uh, I think it's a. Uh, I think we have a high ceiling. Um, you know, the most impressive thing about our defense is that you have a got a. You have a lot of guys who want to win, a lot of guys who want to get better. Um, you know, you you don't have to stay on on their back for them to do the right thing. They just do it because they want to win, and uh, that's something that you that you love to see, and that's something that uh, it picks everybody up. It picks the whole morale of the defense up. So, you know, that that's something that I, that I love about our defense. Britton just, you know, he just came in and, you know, he's grinded away, you know, and learned, improved, worked hard. Um, you know, when he had his opportunities in games, you know, did well, um, you know, and, and he's competed really hard in the kicking game, you know. So, um, you know, I can't, can't say enough about a lot of the young guys we have in terms of the way they came in and approached this. Um, and they've earned uh, what they're, what the opportunity that they have in front of them. They've earned it. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. So the Raiders are actually talking to an offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, according to Mike Garofolo, the Raiders are hosting Joe Haig. He's an offensive lineman that was cut by the Steelers. Uh, he spent six years in the NFL. He has made 40 career starts, but only made two last season. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know anything about Joe Haig, but I will tell you, his pro football focus grade last year was 67.5, which is about in line with his career average. Uh, that would have been the second best pro football focus grade among Raiders offensive linemen last Next season. Colton Miller. Colton Miller was like an 85 or something like that. Uh, Jermaine, or excuse me, Andre James is the only other offensive lineman on the roster that had a pro football focus grade higher than 60. Um, so 67.5 would be second best on. And the this team. is a tackle. Uh, I do not know that. Just offensive lineman is all I got. So I'm assuming tackle, but I would think maybe not. I mean, it's not like their guards are superstars either. Danny's giving us a thumbs up. So he's a tackle. He's a tackle. Um, if they sign Joe Haig today, are tomorrow, are we talking about good job? They found a starter or are we talking about? Okay, maybe he's as good as Jermaine Elamanor. I think we're talking about maybe he's as good as Jermaine uh, Elamanor. That's what I'm thinking too. I don't think he's. I don't think tomorrow. I don't think, I don't think he's a walk in the door start. No, from day one. No, guy. I think he's a walk in the door, and he better prove himself. Yeah, walk in the door, and okay, when Jermaine Elamanor and Thayer Munford do not cut it in week right. one, right? <laughs> it's in. now Joe's job. You're in in week two. So this. Um, is this the type of signing you think they make at this position? Somebody that's had some stars. Well, who else is out there? That's right. the other thing. Who else is available yeah. at this point? It's it's an I interesting. I don't know whoever. I don't know other. I don't know all the people who were waived. There's there's some older offensive linemen that I know have been free agents the whole time that you could conceivably go to, but then you're talking about signing guys that are very old and who knows if they'll make it through 17 games? Who right. knows if they're still effective or whatever? It's they've just put the yeah they've put themselves in a situation where it's kind of like all right even if they decide Elmanor and Munford aren't good enough what are their other options right, right? and maybe there's a trade that uh, is available at some point in the season and they can go acquire somebody who's unhappy with where they are or a team that's not in contention or something like that maybe that exists at some point in the season but it does feel like we're talking about a Joe Haig type of signing that. Hey, maybe that guy can start, well, or maybe he's just a backup to Thayer Munford or Jermaine Elamanor to start. If they don't get good play out of the right tackle, they could be the ones not in contention. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be trading Darren Waller away. <laughs> um, something that happened in uh, the AFC West this morning. Russell Wilson signed an extension with the Broncos. 
It's a five-year deal worth $245 million, 165 of that is guaranteed. He had two years left on his current deal, so this is actually going to put him in Denver for the next seven seasons under contract. But the way it's structured, reading from uh, Ian Rapoport, he's getting more money over the next three years than he would have gotten originally, and then the last four years are not guaranteed for Russell Wilson. So basically, if he's not good, whatever, in year right, three, right. The, the Broncos can, can get out on. of this uh, relatively easily. Um, but it does work out to $49 million per year for Russell Wilson, which uh, Aaron Rodgers is at $50 million per year, which is the highest paid one. So he does not get the most per year money that a quarterback has gotten. So here's a question for you. AFC West, four playoff contenders, one, two, maybe more Super Bowl contenders. Do you think the Broncos regret this contract at any point in the future? I was surprised at the contract, so I'm going to say yes. I was surprised when I saw that contract this morning and how much guaranteed he got because I still, man, I have the Broncos fourth. We both do. Let's rank the quarterbacks. Fourth. I think he's fourth. Yeah. I think he's fourth. I think it's Mahomes, Herbert, and uh, and Carr. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't have any argument. I think at the end of the year, that's what we're talking about. The best quarterbacks in this division are, which, by the way, uh, he's going to be fourth. If he's fourth best in the division, he's like 11th best in the league. So Right. And second highest paid. <laughs> right. So it's not like he's a bad quarterback, but no. I, I think I think you're right. It's probably fourth. And here's like, so is Denver going to regret it? I, the reason I ask that question is because I think there's a legitimate chance that the next three seasons, the Denver Broncos do not make the playoffs one time. Well, then I would think they'd yeah. regret that kind of contract. Now, over the course of three years with Russell Wilson, and they have a good, it's not like they've got a bad roster and Russell Wilson's got to save them. They've got a good roster. I I bet they make the playoffs at least once over the next three years because they're good enough that things will go right one season and they'll, they'll be in the postseason. But... I'm thinking that might be the max. I'm thinking it might be one playoff appearance in three years. And again, it's not really the Broncos or Russell Wilson's fault. It's the division's fault. Right. It's that Mahomes and Herbert and the Chiefs and the Chargers are probably going to be really good over the next three. I mean, hell, over the next seven years, if he's even there that long. And it's it's the Broncos and the Raiders basically find themselves in the same sort of problematic situation. You've built what should be a good team, but it's probably not a great team and there's two division, two teams in your division that probably they are, are great probably teams great teams, and are probably going to be great teams for quite a quite a few years. So it's it's just a hard spot because the for the Broncos, right? You go get Russell Wilson, you've got a good roster, and you go for it. And I don't blame them for doing that, but it's like the alternative, and it's almost what I'm suggesting is, ah, eh, you blow it up and you try to be good in three years because your division's too hard, which doesn't sound smart either. Like neat. Like that doesn't sound like the right way to go about it is, Hey, you've got a pretty good roster. You've got a chance to go get Russell Wilson. Who's a good quarterback. You should do all those things. But at the same time, it's like, even when you do all those things, you still might not go to the playoffs. And well, the Raiders could have blown it up, but they chose to go the other way. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's just a weird situation for both to be in where it's like, okay, you're going for it. And you still have maybe a 50-50 shot to just make just the playoffs. Just to make the playoffs, never mind win, right. win anything. Whereas if you blow it up, obviously you're not going to the playoffs, but you're trying to be better in the future, which even then, I mean, we just saw Gruden and Mayock, they failed a rebuild process, right? So it's just, it's just a bad situation to be in. And like we've said before, 
Raiders Broncos put them in a different division, except for like the NFC West or whatever. And they're playoff teams. I mean, yes, NFC North, they're in the postseason, right? A, a, NFC South, they're in the postseason. Probably right? NFC East. Probably, yeah. I mean, the Broncos, you know, Cowboys, and Phil, uh, Philly. Yeah. Broncos, Cowboys, Philly. If all three of those teams are in the same division, they're might all might win the division, right? But right. I take I take that trio over what the hell the AFC West is going to be. Right. So it's just. It's a brutal spot to be in. The other part of this that I'm curious about, does it matter to Lamar Jackson? I mean, I think it helps Lamar Jackson. His mother right now is drawing up the contract. So She's the agent. I think the per-year money is helpful to Lamar Jackson. What I think might be unhelpful is that Russell Wilson did not get it fully guaranteed. And that's what Lamar Jackson wants. Because that's what Deshaun Watson got. That's because got. Deshaun Watson got that. And the reporting, was that last week or two weeks ago, was that Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed deal was a like sticking point between the Ravens yes. and, Lamar, and Jackson. Lamar Jackson. And obviously teams don't want to give out fully guaranteed deals if they don't have to in the NFL. But if you're Lamar Jackson, you're looking around saying, so Deshaun Watson, who doesn't have an MVP, right. who has 50 women who have accused him of sexual assault, got a fully guaranteed deal. And you're not going to give me a fully guaranteed deal? Meanwhile, Russell Wilson over here didn't take a fully guaranteed deal, which has now, we've basically set up where, because Kyler Murray's deal is done, he did not get fully guaranteed, and Russell Wilson's deal is done, he did not get fully guaranteed. What we've seen since the Deshaun Watson deal is the other quarterbacks have not gotten that. They've not gotten so. What we've seen is the NFL say the Deshaun Watson deal is the outlier. And, and it's more is, and more astonishing that he was the one to get that. Right. It's un, It's honestly, when we look back at this offseason, it's going to be one of the most unbelievable things. That, that the, quor- the quarterback, if we get Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, and Lamar Jackson, if they all sign new deals this offseason, along with Deshaun Watson, it's going to be incredible that the one that got a fully guaranteed deal is the one that also got suspended right. for sexually assaulting massage therapist. It's incredible what the Browns did. So, but if you're Lamar Jackson, I I want. I mean, it's a pretty good argument for Russell Wilson's a pretty good argument for the Ravens to use and be like, listen, this guy's won a Super Bowl. Like, it's very comparable to you. Obviously, he's older, but this guy's won a Super Bowl. Very comparable to you. He didn't get a fully guaranteed deal. Right. So here's your offer with whatever that is, 60, 70% fully guaranteed or guaranteed, but not 100% fully guaranteed. And, and the term would be longer. Right. Uh, you'd think so. So I just, I don't, I, if Lamar Jackson is going to demand a fully guaranteed deal, he probably does not sign before this season starts, right. which is again in 10 days or whatever. So if this deal changes Lamar Jackson's opinion a little bit, like, oh, I can't demand the Deshaun Watson thing because nobody else is getting that. Then Lamar Jackson, maybe he doesn't get it. But it would have been the best news for Lamar Jackson would have been Russell Wilson signing a fully guaranteed extension. If that had happened, Lamar Jackson walks into the Ravens and says, all right, fully guaranteed or or I'm walking at the end of the season. Would have been easy for him. So that's fun. I I enjoy quarterbacks signing deals and us looking at it being like, that's a lot of money. And somehow it's always more. Uh, one last thing on the Raiders. We got uh, we didn't really have it during the show yesterday trying to figure it out, but they they did actually save money against the cap thanks to the Bears. Thanks to the Bears. The yeah. Bears picked up what five 
plus five point nine million dollars. The Bears have to pay Alex, Alex Leatherwood, Leatherwood, and that's what he counts against the cap for the Bears. Which means he does not. They shave. There's still a dead cap hit of Alex Leatherwood for this year and next year, but it's five point nine million dollars less this season than it would have been. Were they so worried I, that someone would claim him that they took on that salary? I cannot. It just that made it out. no sense. Then why didn't you just trade for the guy? Cannot. They saved like two million by not trading for him, which sounds irrelevant, right? right. I mean, it's. It's unbelievable to me. It, we talked about it yesterday. I still have not figured out what. If you the knew Bears thirty-one teams said no, let them clear. Right, right. Let them clear. Sign them for eight hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. That's your cap hit, and that's how much money you yeah. owe. Instead, they owe almost six million dollars. Five point nine million for a guy that's probably not going to be any good for them either. Like that's the part. It's. It, they're, like it's very. I don't know. I I find it very unrealistic that Alex Otherwood is a starting level offensive lineman for the bears at any point. Like he might end up starting for the bears because their offensive line isn't very right. good. But like last year when he started for the Raiders, he was not a starting level no, offensive lineman. He, just, he was just a starter right by default. And so I just, I can't imagine he'll be a significantly improved offensive lineman no. for the bears. I just, and, and listen, if he is whoever their offensive line coach is, give him a raise, give him a better job because that'll be impressive if he does that. Cause the Raiders, the John Gruden staff couldn't get anything out of Leatherwood. The uh, McDaniel staff didn't even try after the preseason to get anything out of Leatherwood. So I'm still amazed the Bears did that. The Raiders should have sent a gift basket already because that's apparently uh, a big favor to the Raiders here. Going away. Honestly, I mean, I was yesterday saying I can't believe they cut him because of the cap hit. Now it's a no-brainer. Like, of course you cut the guy. You're gonna He's going to get claimed by another team. And his cap hits again. It's like yeah, $2 million you, this year. If you actually thought that. Yeah. It's like, it's a great move by the Raiders. They only got to eat $2 million now in dead cap hit instead of seven, seven or eight. Or eight. Like, an incredible deal by Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler because of the Bears. All right. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. So I, uh, I figured it out. My hot dogs come in packages of 10 and... Hot dog buns come in packages of eight. Bischoff's Briefs. See, the thing is that life doesn't always work out according to plan. Bischoff's Briefs. So, be happy with what you got. So you can always get a hot dog. Bischoff's Briefs. Ed is leaving. Going out to Raiders practice. Uh, they should really start scheduling these things around our show. It would be a lot uh, nicer of them if they could do that. Uh, so it's me and Danny, uh, but Bischoff's briefs today. I've got a few different soccer stories. The first one, uh, Danny, I'll ask you this because maybe you have seen it. Have you seen the leaks of the potential World Cup jerseys for the United States? No, I've only seen the Mexico ones. Yeah, so the Mexico ones are great. Uh, pretty much all the ones Adidas made are phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the Puma ones? Just Google real quick, Puma World Cup jerseys. Um, they are horrific. Puma has made the worst World Cup jerseys I've ever seen in my life. They're all terrible. They look like a hello, my name is name tag. Like they're oh yes, they're yes. awful. There's weird squares on all of their jerseys. Puma absolutely ruined all the countries that they're making jerseys for. Yep. They're a disaster. So Adidas good, Puma terrible. 
The United States has their jerseys made by Nike. And there have been leaks. Uh, and everybody seems pretty confident the leaks are real. And guess what? Our jerseys suck. They're not as bad as the Puma jerseys. I will say that. The Puma jerseys are somehow terrible. Oh, wait. Yes. I You're not even close these. to the mic. No. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, yes, I have seen these. So two jerseys for the United States. The white one is, I guess, the better one. Uh, there's like, it's it's plain white with two exceptions. There's a weird blue trapezoid type shape underneath the collar, right in the middle. It, 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 I don't know what it's doing there. It's just a random shape. It doesn't, it, it, I don't know. There's no meaning or reasoning behind it as far as I know. There's just a random trapezoid of blue. And then on the sleeves, there's like two stripes, a red and a blue one, but they don't go all the way around the sleeve. They just sort of awkwardly end in the middle of the sleeve. It's it's awful. It's genuinely a white t-shirt that said USA on it would be better than these white shirts. And I think that one's better than the blue one because the blue one is like a half-hearted tie-dye. And it's blue and black. Maybe it's blue and another darker blue. Can't really tell because we're going off of leaks and not the official jersey yet. But it's like a half. It's not full tie-dye. It's like a half-hearted tie-dye. There's just a little bit of tie-dye in it. And it's blue and black or blue and dark blue, which, again, what the hell is that? Like, we they just came up with this stupid design. To put on our jerseys for the World Cup, yeah, like it's not great. I am, I am genuinely mad at this because they're pathetic. This country missed the World Cup the last time around, right? It's been eight years since we've seen this team play in the World Cup. And here's the thing: this might be our best team that we've ever sent to the World Cup. We'll see how they do, but this might end up being the best team we have ever sent to the World Cup. There should be genuine excitement. I wanted to buy one, if not both, of our World Cup jerseys. They just had to come out with an average jersey. And I probably would have bought both of them. But instead, they're awful. Those. And I'm not I'm I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not going to buy either of those World Cup jerseys. The last national jersey I bought was the I believe it was the two thousand 14 World Cup, the uh, the Rocket Popsicle Those jersey. Those are like one of the best ones they've ever worn. I have that jersey. It's one of my favorite ones they have ever worn. The Bomb Pop jerseys are yeah. phenomenal. Those are great. The, but here's, here's the thing what the United States should do. Most countries have like a uh, template for what their main jersey always looks like mm -hmm. right brazil always has a yellow jersey and blue shorts argentina always has blue and white uh light blue and white stripes right england is always all white generally speaking the united states primary jersey like england is also white well usually i think where blue shorts with the white would be our general one but the united states its primary jersey should always be a red and white striped jersey. They've worn it before. It's one of the most popular ones they've worn. We should our our primary jersey should always be red and white stripes, just like the damn flag. That was a horizontal stripe. Yes, jersey, horizontal right? stripes. They're called the Waldos. That that should be our primary jersey. I don't know why we screw around and try to think we need to wear white. It's stupid. 
we should always, our primary jerseys should be red and white stripes. And if they want to do weird designs with it, that's fine. That's fine. But red and white stripes should be the primary uh, part of our jerseys. The the away jersey, the second jersey, make it blue, do your stupid tie-dye or whatever, but we should always have red and white stripes. That would make everything much better. I'm very mad that our World Cup jerseys are going to suck. However, I'm slightly fortunate that we're not a Puma country because if we were Puma, <laughs> those are just embarrassing. Like these, the United States jerseys are bad and I don't want to buy one. The Puma ones are bad and I'd be embarrassed to support the team that was wearing them because they're so bad. So there's my hot takes on jerseys. Now, something else to yell about. The United Soccer League has rescinded a red card that was given to Alex Lara of Lights FC in Saturday's game. Rescinded a red card three days after the game is over. He got a red card in the 14th minute of a scoreless game. 0-0. Red card in the 14th minute. Lights FC ended up losing that game 5-0 to Rio Grande Valley with all five goals coming against 10-man Lights FC. The USL uh, had an independent review and determined that the red card should not have been given. Now, it does help Lights FC because with the red card comes an automatic suspension for the next game. Lara is not suspended for the next game. So it does help Lights FC a little bit. But what the USL just said is a red card that directly led to Lights FC losing a game should not have been given. Right. And now they have a loss and their goal differential is brutal. Is very it wasn't very good affected. to start with, but it's brutal now. That's unbelievable. And here's the thing. I know it's the USL. We can barely get these things on uh, ESPN Plus to look good. <laughs> they played a game like two weeks ago that just 75% of the game, ESPN Plus was like, we're having technical difficulties. I, I stopped watching the home games because every time they went to the... You got to wait for the sun to set. South side of the field, you can't see anything past half field because the, the sun, sun yeah. is directly in the camera. Why isn't it's, that camera over the crowd? It's probably better now because the sun's not out as late, but you got to wait for the sun to set to watch lights games on ESPN Plus at home. Um, but yeah, so it's the USL. It's not um, some massive league, but we have VAR across the world. Um VAR would have saved lights. I mean, they still might have lost the game, right? There's very possible they still end up losing, but they were at home against the team with the worst record in, in the Western Conference before that game. So I'm willing to bet they don't lose 5 nothing, and they might actually tie or win the game if they get to play with 11. Uh, very pathetic there. One other thing on the USL. Jacksonville is going to be the home of a new expansion team. So Jacksonville, Florida is getting a USL team in 2025. The fun part of this is that Tim Tebow is a part of the ownership group for a team in Jacksonville, Florida. And my only real question, does Tim Tebow try to play? Yes. That's what I thought, too. That was my immediate thought. If he doesn't try to play, he will at least be out there at every practice practicing with them. And he will be on the sidelines encouraging them every game. He is 35 now, so he's not um, young by any means. But Tim Tebow didn't work out in football as a quarterback, gave baseball a try, wasn't very good. Then Urban Meyer gave him a shot to be a tight end back in football. 
Now he's going to be the part owner of a USL team. He better try to play. Like that's like the only thing I want is for Tim Tebow 100%. to try to play. I will watch that game even if lights aren't playing in it. If you tell me Tim Tebow's in the starting eleven. Oh, absolutely! I the, will tune in and watch the entire time yeah. until he is pulled out for the Jacks. I don't think they have a nickname yet. Whatever the the Jacksonville Tebows or whatever they're going to be called. Please. <laughs> so Tim Tebow. Maybe playing professional soccer in 20. I guess he'll be 37 by then. So that's he'll be he'll be pretty he'll be pushing to that point. So Tim Tebow, part owner, hopefully potential player for a Jacksonville. Hopefully they played Lights FC in their first game and Tebow's out there. Lashbrook would love that. Sell a lot of tickets to it. All right. Coming up next, J.R. Starkis joins the show. Ready for the weekend? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap. With J.R. Starkus. Champagne. Perfume going in. Sewage coming out. From Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, he's our extreme mixologist. Good morning, J.R. Good morning, sir. How are you? We're great. As always. um, If I told you Tim Tebow was playing in a second division professional soccer game in the U.S., are you interested in watching that? Um, well, is it in Vegas or is it just, am I interested in watching it in general? Uh, in general, if I told you it's in Vegas, are you going to it? Uh, no, okay. I'm not. You can say I'm no, not. it's nothing. It's yeah, not no, actually no, I, happening. I, I, I mean, no, I, I don't think so. Unless maybe it was, if it was at Allegiant or something like that and I could just drink Modelo's all day while I was watching it, you know, then, then yeah, I would do that maybe. Um, but I don't know, like, I, would be, I wouldn't be going to, like, Cashman Field or anything like that to watch that, for sure. The answer to your question is, if I can drink Modelo's, I'll go do whatever? <laughs> no. I would, that's just, it just makes certain <laughs> things more tolerable. And that would be one of the things that it would make more tolerable. Like, I enjoyed when I went to the USA and Mexico soccer game. That was incredible. Um, and so, I, you know, it's not about soccer. I enjoy soccer, but if there is... You know, if there's the only draw is Tim Tebow, uh, I'll need Modelo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, before we actually get to your drink, I, I have a question. So you tweeted out the picture, um, your tiki time with vodka. But my question is actually about the cup you have here. Um, yep. It's in a peacock cup uh, yep. that looks very, very elaborate. What is uh, the strangest cup or object that you have drank alcohol out of? Uh, probably I would say it would probably be like a jalapeno pepper, you know, using the jalapeno as like a, a shot vessel. Um, so you can just pour it out and use it as a, you know, as a cup, if you will. Um, I mean, it's not that weird, but I would say that's probably the weirdest thing because most people wouldn't think about drinking out of that. Where did you do that? Um, I'm trying to remember where the heck I did that. Um, I was probably at somebody's like you know, a little like party or something that they had at their house and they just kind of set them up as, as, uh, as little shots for everybody. So I, I probably did something out of that or at least tasted it. Do you, do you have a, do you remember, did it change the taste of the shot or was it just, Oh, that was out of something different? No, it, it, I mean, it certainly kind of, it, it, if it sits in there for long enough, it'll make it really spicy. <laughs> um, you know, so you gotta be careful. Um, you know, it, so, but I mean, for the most part, if you just, because they used fresh, it was a fresh jalapeno. So 
So, I mean, you, if you don't like spice, you got to be careful because if you chew on it, like you're going to get jalapeno flavor. So, um, you know, typically um, it, it, does, it did change the flavor a little bit. You can certainly taste the jalapeno in it, sure. Do you have other cups like this peacock glass sitting around your house? Yes, I have about, I don't have a big selection, maybe 10, 10 of them like that. Um, I have one that looks like a rat, one that looks like a cactus. Um, I have one that looks like a, unic- or a, like a, like a unicorn. Um, I, have, I have a couple different ones, yeah, for sure. What drink are you making to drink out of a rat glass? <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, it, it, it has to do with, um, you know, the, it's, it's actually has to do with a little bit of like cigars because it's, uh, Jonathan Drew has the Year of the Rat, which is one of the cigars that he puts out or has put out. And so it kind of, um, I would probably do something maybe a little that had a little bit of smoke to it to kind of incorporate the Year of the Rat. But I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it to you. Oh, rat glasses. All right. So what are you making for us uh, to put in the peacock glass? Yeah, super, super easy uh, kind of vodka-based, you know, tiki cocktail. Um, I was just recently at um, the Golden Tiki in town, and my, my, my dear friend Livio Laro was honored with a recent uh, shrunken head. Uh, you know, he's kind of an icon in our industry around here in Vegas and, and you know, globally as well because he, he got his career started in, in uh, Italy. But it, it made me think, like, oh, I want to do something tiki because I love tiki. And, and, you know, people in general love tiki-style cocktails. Um, so um, I wanted to do a drink that, you know, obviously you could make from home. And so I, I decided to do something in my little pineapple glass or in my, excuse my peacock glass. But if you don't have a peacock glass, just you'll need something that holds, you know, 12 to 14 ounces. Um, and, and I like crushed ice for this drink as well. Um, something about tiki and crushed ice I just really like. I know you don't like crushed ice, uh, it's, Tyler. No, for... It's fine. I just find it weird that people love crushed ice so much. Like you, my fiance, Ed, they're like, oh, yeah, crushed ice. My Way girlfriend to go. likes the little it's ice just, from Sonic. There's no, I don't have yeah. a problem with it. You guys are just weird having favorite ice. That's not weird. It's it's it's, it's <laughs> very it's every cocktail is very particular, and if you don't have the right ice, it can ruin the whole thing. And so, crushed ice is definitely the preferred ice for this, or any for many many tiki style drinks. Crushed ice is is one hundred percent the uh, the preferred the preferred method for sure. You know, you gotta you gotta do it right, otherwise, don't bother. So, we're gonna use crushed ice for this. Uh, I'm gonna use two ounces of Sky Infusions pineapple vodka. Uh, we're going to take the pineapple vodka, put it right into our mixing tin with an ounce, in addition, an ounce of Aperol, which is the Italian kind of aperitif, lightly sweet, uh, kind of like a vanilla, strawberry, rhubarb kind of flavor to it. Um, we're going to use an ounce of uh, Coco Lopez, the cream of coconut. I've been using a lot of that lately, and um, it, it just it's great for when the weather's hot, and it's perfect in tiki-style drinks. And then three-quarter ounces of lime juice and three dashes of an orange bitter. So only five ingredients, two ounces of sky pineapple, one ounce of Aperol, one ounce of Coco Lopez, three-quarter ounces of lime, three dashes of orange bitters. All goes into the mixing tin with some crushed ice. Uh, shake it all together. Just don't, you, Whenever you work with crushed ice, though, you don't want to shake too long because if you shake too long, uh, the, it, it will get diluted very quickly. So, so just give it a hard shake for just a couple seconds to incorporate and then strain over more crushed ice in your tiki mug or whatever you're using to put the glass in um, or to put the drink in. Garnish it with a little bit of like a dried orange peel or a dried orange wheel, uh, some fresh mint if you so desire, and you have a really refreshing uh, vodka take on a tiki cocktail that 
is super easy for you to make as well with ingredients that are all available at the grocery store and the liquor store. Super easy. If I worked for you and you told me to bring you some ice and I brought you a bag of ice from the gas station, are you firing me? <laughs> well, I wouldn't have hired you if that's the, I, that's probably part of my interview question. <laughs> if I say uh, it's part of the interview, yeah, yeah. Hey, I need a bag of ice. What do you bring me? And if you're like, well, Smith's around the corner, I'm like, thank you for coming. Uh, you know, thank you for coming. It's been nice to meet you, uh, but you're probably better suited someplace else. What would, um, I, I would not teach. I would not fire you. I would simply use it as a teaching moment. What would be the right answer to a question like that? Uh, the right, if I, if I said, if, if I said to, Hey, can you bring me some ice? And the answer to the question is sure. Where is your Hoshizaki ice machine? Or do we use a vendor for custom ice? I'd be like, yes, 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 <laughs> yes to all these questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that, that would be, if you, if you have that kind of detail, like, you know, then, um, and then if you said to me something like, how many pounds is your ice machine? And I was like, it's 500. You're like, oh, I used to have a thousand pound ice machine. I would be like, yes, this is going to work out so well because you know, you know, you're speaking my language, you know? I'm assuming that means how many pounds of ice it can hold. It's how many pounds of ice it makes a day. Oh man. Yeah. Wait, wait. Okay. You have an ice machine that makes 500 pounds of ice a day. Yes. Like, like like personally at your house. Okay. Okay. I was about to say at your house. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. No, I don't make that many drinks at home. Uh, I just can't. There's not that many of us that drink in the house to, to, to utilize that. But in the in the office, yes, I have a I have a 500 pound ice machine that uh, it it does wonders for when we have big presentations and stuff like that. It's great. Um, I had one of these uh, when I was in Cancun over the summer. Overrated or underrated? Uh, drinking out of a pineapple. Oh, underrated, man. Underrated. Drinking out of a pineapple is fantastic. Um, it, it just you know, it, it just adds the, the island feel and the tropical feel to any drink that you're drinking. Um, I mean, put a beer in it, like, if you want. Like, it's be great. Uh, so, whatever. You know, use it as anything. Um, when, when my wife was sitting in the pool every once in a while, I will make her a drink, and I will pour out a pineapple, and I will put it in a pineapple glass, and she loves it. So, underrated. I, listen, I would love it, too, if somebody cored out a pineapple and made a drink for me and brought it to me at the pool. Absolutely, I would love that. I do that for you sometime too, Tyler. I would appreciate that very much. He <laughs> is J.R. Starkus, our extreme mixologist from Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. J.R., as always, we appreciate it. Take care, fellas. See you next week. All right. We got tickets to give away. Two tickets to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts. They are all coming to Allegiant Stadium on September 9th. Getting very close there. So if you want to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts, Call now, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We're going to take caller number 12 at 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts. That's caller 12 at 702-364-1100. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Uh, Our Finley Kia text line is 69187. Text your message to that number. Make sure you preface it. Type ESPN before your message and then send it to 69187. Uh, Going back to our conversation earlier about the UNLV slot machine, uh, Sean Salisbury did not think UNLV wins enough to celebrate. Uh, On our text line, tell Sean he never won enough to comment. What are his career stats? Unfortunately, I don't know Sean, so I can't actually tell him that. But I can tell you Sean Salisbury, his college stats... 
Not terrible. Quarterback at USC completed 58% of his passes through for 4,400 yards over the course of five seasons. Granted, two of those he threw less than 30 passes, uh, but uh, never eclipsed 2,000 passing yards in a season. And his touchdown to INT was 25 to 19. Um, not great, but not awful. NFL career. 12 starts, a 6 and 6 record, completed 55% of his passes, 19 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. So the definition of average probably a little worse, but yeah. I think so. I guess he he was playing in the 90s. Quarterback play wasn't quite as ridiculously good as it is right now. That's true. Yeah, you're you, it's funny when you go back and look at stats just 20, 30 years ago, how much it's like, "Ah, oh, he's a great quarterback. He threw one more touchdown than interceptions." <laughs> Okay, I guess that makes sense. So Sean Salisbury probably wasn't good enough to celebrate with a slot machine either. Uh, Danny, today is the beginning of week one, last week was week zero, of college football. Have you bet on any college football games today? Uh, I like that you don't know the answer to this question off the top of your head. Which college football? I'm I'm assuming you've bet on some college football and you just don't know if it's today or Saturday. No, I believe uh, Saturday I took the um, I took Ohio State minus fourteen against Notre Dame. But you didn't bet on anything today. No, not today. Okay. I don't even know who's playing today, honestly. Uh, there's not a lot of great games. Probably the best looking one is Penn State going to Purdue. Uh, Penn State is a road favorite by three and a half. We do get West Virginia and Pittsburgh, the backyard brawl to kick off the season, but Pittsburgh is favored by seven and a half. So that's a touchdown spread there. So maybe it's not going to be the best game, but we do get a rivalry game to kick off the year, which I, I enjoy a little bit. I would hate it if I was Pittsburgh and West Virginia, because I would want to play at the end of the year. Granted, they're not in the same conference, so a little more difficult, but as a, somebody who doesn't care about either team, I enjoy a rivalry game to start the year. That's fun. Is that a rivalry game? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. They hate Is each it? other. Oh, uh, yeah. They despise each other. Because growing up in Virginia, obviously, there's a there's a big West Virginia allegiance there. Because, like, where I lived, it was thir- 45 minutes, maybe an hour to, uh, like, Charlestown. And then to Morgantown, it was, like, I think two hours. But there was a, there was a big following. I just never knew about that rivalry. Can you tell me why the state of West Virginia exists? Because the people of Virginia back in the 1700s didn't want to be want them to be a part of it. I don't know. I really don't know. Of all the states we have, I'm not sure why West Virginia exists. In terms of like not being a part of another state, right? Or why is it not of... Virginia, or why is it not Ohio, or Kentucky, or Pennsylvania? I don't know. Why does it exist? And there's not is there anything good in West Virginia? Uh, well, I mean, Morgantown's pretty cool. Uh, Charlestown's pretty cool. If you like, uh, Charlestown was actually the first place I ever placed a bet. I was, so I was, sometimes. I was 15 and I bet on horse races because <laughs> in West Virginia, the legal age is 18, but I went with my mom and gave her like, I don't know, five or 10 bucks or whatever. You're yeah. It was worst. good times. You're the worst. You well, because right? we went out there because my brother, I think, was 18 or 19 at the time. So, and he wanted to gamble. So we went out that way. I don't know why West Virginia exists. It's not even a, it, the, the shape of it doesn't even make sense. It's like all the land that the other states didn't want. 
But do shapes of a lot of states make sense? Okay, go look at the outline of West Virginia. No, I know what it looks like. For some reason, there's a sliver that runs up north between Ohio and Pennsylvania. Why is that there? Why does not? Why did Ohio or Pennsylvania not claim that? There is a part of Maryland, because Maryland's also a very weird shape, where Maryland is like almost cut off from itself, but it just runs into the middle of West Virginia. Yeah, over on that side is pretty cool, too. They do the, I uh, do not believe there are this many cool things in West Virginia. Well, I only said Morgantown and Charlestown. That's two more than I thought there were. Eh. That's it. There's nothing else there. As somebody from Mississippi, I take joy in dumping on other bad states like West Virginia. I, I and will. Arkansas. I will admit that that little like angle does not make any little sense. arm portion on the northeast corner of West Virginia doesn't make a whole lot of sense but i'm assuming this is all just land that these other states didn't want cuz there's nothing good there but it's also kind of like look at michigan like the northern piece that hangs off of minnesota right off of wisconsin that or should wisconsin. just be wisconsin yes that's dumb that should just be wisconsin it doesn't make any sense why it's not it should you're right <laughs> you're right but i but i understand why michigan is a state in and of itself, the yes. little, the peninsula thing, it doesn't yes. make sense why it's Michigan's, but I don't know why West Virginia is a state. I could probably ask the same thing about like Rhode Island. Yeah. Because you're very small. You're right next to other small states like uh, Massachusetts and what is it? Connecticut that borders it. Yep. Like, why aren't you a part of one of those? That would make more sense. I mean, but, you could do that for a couple too, because you could also do it for Delaware. But I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because they were like colonies. They probably didn't realize how big the United States was. They were just like, we just want this little bit. They they were founded when like you had to ride a horse. So they were yes. those were big states back then, right? When now, what does it take you? 45 minutes to drive through Delaware or something stupid like that? Not even. Yeah. Like I mean, it's from where I lived in Virginia to where my mom grew up on Long Island. It was like four hours door to door. Yeah. And Delaware takes up one twelfth of that space or something like yeah, that. Yeah. That's why I like the East Coast compared to the West Coast, because here it's oh. three and a half hours to LA and you're going through two states. Three and a half. Who's driving? Me. Jesus. What? By the way, I'm going to LA slash Anaheim this weekend, and I'm a little annoyed because, hey, it's going to be 102 degrees in Anaheim. What are we doing? Yeah. But um, apparently they're, the uh, highway is down, 15 is down to one lane. Yes. What the hell are we doing here? Uh, I don't know. There's a bridge that got oh, eroded yes. from rain? Yeah. You're they telling me we, we need rain, and then when we get it. Oh, they... I did Bridges a road. So I did a golf tournament out at um, at State Line a couple weeks ago, and they actually had to move it from one course to another because the course got rained out. Oh. And ironically, the courses are named Desert and Lakes. We had to move from the Desert course because it got rained out to the Lakes course because it was dry. <laughs> but yeah, they shut down the 15 like multiple times when we were getting that rain a couple weeks ago. It's apparently down to one lane for a long time until they fix this bridge because it eroded from rainwater or something stupid like that.